It's the greatest thing we've ever done. The Dippin' Squad. We have no biblical <laughs> training whatsoever. I used to smoke whole chickens all the time. <laughs> Joe is perfect. Jesus is my homeboy. We looked ridiculous. Pretty significantly sized person. <laughs> Mate, you want to slurp us out of here? We would be the worst employees. We would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're pastors. <laughs> Never gets old. Never, ever gets old. The Nate, you want to slurp us out of here to significantly sized person. And then hearing you laugh in the background, Mike. Is, yes, is, yes. It's my favorite part. <laughs> Welcome into the Desperate Pastor Podcast. Episode 25 is where we're at. Can you believe it? We're a quarter of a century old. I can. I've been here for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not not bizarre to me. You're one of those OGs. We're quarter yeah. of a century old. Yeah. It's something like that. What's 25? the goal? What's the goal? Oh, How many? Come on. We need to we need to like do more of these. We need to get together multiple times a week. Or yeah. Get together one time and just you know seventeen. Let's episodes. just open a recording studio. Yeah. We well, already just said we're not good pastors, <laughs> or we're not good at other things. So <laughs> right. that's why. So no, don't open the recording studio. We'd be bad. We'd be at the it. worst employees. Right. That's what we're talking about. That's a good point. Well, welcome slurp. in. There's, there's, the there's the slurp. First one. That's For those real. of you playing at home, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep count today. The coffee drinking game for you. <laughs> it is episode 25. We'd love for you to join the conversation. I want to give a shout out to Dave out there, Dave. Thanks for uh, being one of our top fans. Uh, he's Dave is constantly uh, subtweeting me about things and making... Re- it's funny because we're in a group and uh, Dave will will quote the podcast and everyone looks at him and then I laugh and I yeah. say, you have to understand. And yes. Yeah. So Dave, we want to give you a shout out. Thanks for uh, following along and catching up. And also your brother, your brother's yeah. out there. He, uh, he watched all the episodes, watched, he listened wow. to all the episodes in, I don't know, it was like two or three days. Yeah. That's like a lot. 24 hours of the stuff. That's a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. I, ne- I personally never get enough. I listen to these. I just Everything. listen back, just, listen back, listen back. If I could just get an edit, or it's just me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we cut everything out that's everybody's, Mike? That's everybody's favorite, hearing yourself. It's the worst. <laughs> like, my wife was listening to one. I was like, nah, turn it off. I don't want to hear myself. Yep. <laughs> follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. You can follow us uh, at Desperate Pastor. You can email us at me at desperatepastor.com. We would love for you to join the conversation. I got a question for you today. I was debating what questions to ask. Uh, I got a good second one because it has to do with food. All the, all the second one, all the food ones go well. But what food? So there are two food ones today. How about that? All the food ones go well. Here we go. What food do you love that a lot of people might find a little odd? Ooh. So Sunday, I said, uh, <laughs> since you're not talking yet, Sunday, I said uh, chickpeas and tuna kind of blended together mm. on toast. And I actually had that last night, but I discovered something else that, that I... it's disgusting. It's really good. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so one, I eat a lot of hard-boiled eggs. Like oh, we just, yeah. 
I just like hard boiled eggs. But I also put sriracha on like everything. And mm-hmm. I put sriracha on hard boiled egg and it was super good. I told yeah. Sean, I'm like, because it's the new thing. I, I, this is really good. Mm-hmm. This is his subtle way of saying, don't pull with my finger. <laughs> 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 I used to uh, actually egg salad with mm. like a uh, hot sauce yeah. on toast. Yeah. It's, oh, so sriracha would be good. I've never done sriracha on there. Um, it's good stuff. You should I don't, try it. The very first thing, I don't know if it's weird. It's just not common around here. It's like okra. Like oh, I like okra. I like okra. You know, like fried, yeah. you just gotta go south. A little yeah, bit. it's a thing down there. My grandma um, and grandpa used to make it all the time. Um, but weird, like well, this is more like like weird things you do, right? Is that what? It, what's those things that a lot of people might find a little odd? Uh, ketchup, odd. ketchup, and macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Although ketchup is basically just high fructose corn syrup and with red, you know, like, but I, you, I eat it. Oh, don't you no. put ketchup on I, everything? Yeah, I, know. I buy. That's, my, that's a problem. But I no, you buy the uh, sugar. The, yeah, the right. new ones have sugar, yeah. not high. Yeah, we just found that out. We were shopping. We're like, why is this one more? Oh, because it has sugar. I I get sugar free. Uh, sugar free ketchup. Yeah, the weird yeah. weird that's ketchup. A, Huh? I put ketchup. That's just tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. He just squeezed the tomato. There's your sugar-free ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the best. I mean, if Real I was, tomato if I was ketchup diabetic, yeah. I mean, I would yeah. do it. But if I didn't have to, yeah. um, man, I got to think. I, what, well, I used to tell people, because I love this combination, is nacho cheese, Doritos, and Lawson's chip dip. Yeah. I love oh, that combination. And I would chips. say that. Oh. Yeah. In Lawson's chip, chip. <laughs> so good. You Both say of those. barbecue? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. One hundred. Oh, yeah. Not a big barbecue chip person. Did you try Lawson's uh, chip well, dip? You don't I, like No, I'm chips. a big like Dorito Lawson's chip dip. Like that was my dad growing up. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you don't like barbecue chips? I'm not a big fan. Sean's a big barbecue chip person, <sighs> but I'm like, mm. eh, I could literally couple. eat a whole bag. Yeah, no, like that's I a can't problem. have them in the house. That's a like, problem. We don't even buy them, yeah. and when we do, they're gone. Mine's like a party size bag of KFC, like masterpiece bargain. And then like, where did it go? Pulling the bag corner out so you could dump the last part. <laughs> yes. Salt and vinegar, though. That's Ooh. salt and Ooh. vinegar chips. For my, me, my son is like that. a salt and vinegar. And my wife. I mean, I like them, but I can't eat yeah. but a few. But they same like the way they'll I move the barbecue, they'll eat the whole bag. I could eat yeah. the whole bag. Yeah. But that's not weird. We're supposed to ah, things yeah, that we like odd. odd. Okay. Well, so ah. then what I said on, on Sunday that I think Nate also did was uh, when you get down to the last bit of like the crumbs of the Doritos and then you have a little bit of chip dip left, you dump the crumbs in the thing, in the container, <laughs> mix it all up. Like that's, that is odd. I've never done that. Yeah. That's part of being an only child though. Like you don't have, you're not fighting for, <laughs> right. for food. Um, man, I know that I, like this is annoying because I know that people have said like, ooh, or that's yeah, weird right. you do that, but I can't. Yeah remember the things that I do. I make a lot of weird sauces. Okay. So I like to mix a lot of things like, oh, lately it's been like vinegar with orange sauce and Dijon mustard. That's interesting. And makes, That sounds really good. It's really good. I put it on salad. Do you do like the, the sauces? Like do you take like ranch and barbecue mixed together? Uh, yeah, we would, like I would do, yeah. But um, I know it's not quite what you're talking but about. But no, that. but it's, I mean like, yeah, I don't make, I start with things and, and blend them together. But like um, back in the day, Quiznos, when uh, it was a thing, yeah. they used to have this Jimmy or something like Batch 87 hot sauce. It was their hot sauce and honey mustard. Huh. And I would mix, I would take the little cups and fill it up with honey mustard and then put that hot sauce in it. And I swear, like, I could have sold that as its own product, and I'd have been rich. Um, so, but, yeah, I don't eat, I mean, 
we eat a lot of things. Like, I mean, probably some of the stuff that I ate when we were in Nicaragua would qualify. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I ate iguana before and I liked it, but, um, you know, there's a sound song? bite for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oh, this is so, anyway, maybe I'll have to update you. Like if I asked this question, if my wife were here right now, she'd be like, you eat this. And you yeah. I like burnt things, slightly burnt things, Ugh. not meat, not like chicken, yeah. meat, but like cheese when it gets like kind of crunchy. Yes. I like that. Like the cheese that falls out of the yes. grilled cheese in the pan. You're like scraping yes. it out. Yes. Yeah. I know that feeling. <laughs> Sometimes I take a handful and drop it in the pan uh-huh. just because. So I found on my flat top, here we go, cooking show, <laughs> yeah. on my flat top in the, on our stove inside, the cast iron part that when I make like a burger or anything like that, or we make fajitas a lot on there. When it's been scorching hot, I do the same thing. If I'm going to do like a quesadilla, I throw the cheese on the flat top, Uh. let it kind of start bubbling. Then you throw the tortilla on it and then take the spatula and go under it Mm. and it'll flip over. So on the inside of the quesadilla, it's got like crunchy cheese. Um, I grew up, sounds really weird. One, always toasting peanut butter and jelly, but then dipping it in milk. Ooh, never heard of uh, Like point. just growing up, like that was just a normal <laughs> thing. And I really did think everybody did that. And I remember being at a yeah. friend's house is like, I don't know, I was probably 13. <laughs> they made us peanut butter and jelly and I'm like, dip. And, uh, but you start with regular bread. It was with regular so bread. So the that toasting, time. it makes sense. So you're and toasting you, it to get like the crunchiness and then and it's got to be a quick dip. You yeah. Know? It's not like an Oreo dip. Do it's, you drink uh, the milk when you're done? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that's funny. That's, I I yeah, know that when odd. I was I was just telling my wife the other night that when we when I can remember the first time I went to a drive-in or a drive-through, it was rallies in Streetsboro oh. with I mean with my not the first time I ever went I to love one, but I, first time I went to a drive-through with another I was with a friend and their parents. Okay. Oh. It was like after, it was in middle school probably, like after a track meet or something, we stop to get something to eat. And I said, well, I'll take like a double cheeseburger plain. And the dad, his dad, I'll never forget, it goes, I don't do that. <laughs> and then it just goes, double cheeseburger. And like, and then like, wouldn't order it. And he hands me this thing, so I'm in the back, like trying to scrape everything off. I was like, like we were laughing about it. I was like, it just, it came from the back of my mind. And I was telling her story. I'm like, think about that. Cause like I have kids now. I'm like, just think we have some kid with us. Yeah, right. And he's like, um, I'm allergic to pickles. No, you're not today. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, not at this not, rally. No, you don't. Nope. We don't do that here. <laughs> I remember my grandma, she was always, she would go through uh, Burger King or whatever. She, and she's always like extra lettuce pickle. And like she'd rattle off all the toppings and she wanted extra, all the toppings. I just, <laughs> I can play that in my mind. Extra all the I, this extra is the worst meat, thing ever. Lettuce when pickle, I was young. tomato onions. Burger King chicken sandwiches, by the way, at Burger King are, are pretty sweet, but they're really. <laughs> I don't bad think for you. anything really at Burger King is pretty. Sweet. <laughs> you didn't have those long chicken sandwiches. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I, used, I do know my, what you're talking about. My here. grandparents That's and parents would let me order with an extra mayo on it. <laughs> I loved it. I I don't know why. Oh, I loved. Uh, I do really like mayonnaise. Like it's that's not good thing. for you, right? No, I do too. We buy the Veginase now, though, but it tastes the same. So my wife eats bad. that. Um, Veginase? I don't yeah. feel bad when I basically want to eat it with a spoon. We're talking about vegan, vegan mayonnaise, right? Yeah. I've never called it that, but that, I like that a lot better than vegan mayonnaise. It's called Veginase. I guess the brand. Oh, no. Well, Hellman's has a vegan mayo. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So we buy. Is it better for you? Um, yeah. Well, she buys it because she doesn't eat eggs. I mean, that's... It's a lot better for you, though. Huh. 
Tastes the same? Tastes identical. I might have, so there's a free tip for you. Thanks okay. for yeah. listening to the podcast. You can basically dip I'm gonna call, chips in it. I'm going to have to try the Veganese because the yeah. Hellman's vegan mayo does not taste that. It tastes it's close. A, it's not it's bad, a, but it's not identical. It's got a blue lid. Okay. I'm can I get it. it at the old Walmart? You can. That you have to uh, check yourself it's out. $17.50 a can. No. <laughs> Actually, it's like four something. Yeah, it's not. The, even the Hellman's version isn't bad. But I look at how often do I have to buy a new thing of mayo? Yeah. Uh, in my house, twice a year. Once maybe. a week. <laughs> oh, in my house, it's every couple of weeks. Well, because we eat like my, so my, this isn't random, but I never had it until I was dating my wife. And now like we always with tacos or anything, they mix mayo and ketchup. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Pour yeah. it on with like tacos the, on rice and Mexican. Yeah, on we tacos. do mayo yeah. and sriracha, and then yeah, put that on like put, tacos. And so stuff. in this, so you like, can add a little, little sriracha lime. to it too. Yeah, but my kids mm. like won't eat rice or like Mexican food without pink sauce. That's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go through to make that. You make it's a ton. It's like fifty fifty, or That's it's true. more it's mayo than ketchup. Let me ask you this one other thing here. This is also food, and it's right in the line with what you're talking about: queso or salsa. Salsa. Is this like a, you have to pick? Yes. It says or. Like, Queso or oh, salsa. If it's or, I'll go salsa. If I couldn't, if it was like, I like queso, but like, yeah, I love. After a while, it's I like. I love a, a tomatilla, like salsa, the green salsa. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like, that's my favorite salsa. And if I had to put it on like, even on any dish, even not just chips, but on my tacos, on a burrito. So if I had to pick one, I'd go that. I like the like Mexican restaurant salsa that's really fine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could eat. Cooked or fresh? Um, like there's a difference. Oh, fresh. Yeah, I, I think it's talking, fresh. Yours is, yours is, is just it, fresh. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fresh. Oh, no. Like, like to me, like I... What's cooked? Is like know. what you buy, like Tostitos salsa. Yeah, that's... Like, no, it's no, been, no, no, You know, no. canned. Oh. It's kind of more like tomato paste. Yeah, I don't like that. Love um, that. There, oh, there's no. one at Aldi's. Green, oh. green cap because it's not hot. Awesome. Like I'll eat that. You lost me at... It's not hot. <laughs> it's got to be like a I medium. medium. I can't medium. Do we do medium because of our kids. I like a, I like a little hot, like uh, a more hot, but medium we do. We used to have Deacon's meetings at a Mexican restaurant. And I, <laughs> yes, sure. I, we did. You sit there for two hours, you go through a lot of chips. Oh, sauce. I know. It's a, well, oh, man. We, the, like, my favorite thing is when we, we haven't had one in a couple of years, and we have to, now that we have a new house, we'd have to put a, like new boxes in, but when we had our own garden. And we would get like just do peppers and onions and make our own. Just bring them in, chop them up, a little bit of like vinegar, a little bit of water and sugar with just the vegetables. And it's just yeah, chunky God. vegetables. Do it. and it's the best do it. salsa yeah. for me ever. You we know? put those on all of our tacos, like we have like taco night. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah, so you like it? Yeah, I mean, but it, like, do you like it at the restaurant? Because that's more along the lines Ish. of like the a one that he's talking about. I think is is like seems like it's in the middle somewhere. It's just There's watery, like, but it's cooked. Yeah, I it's watery. It's, it's not fresh, fresh, but it's but it's that not to like me pico. Yeah. It's like very blended. Right. Right. Yeah, blended why not? I was just thinking the other day. I'm like, is there some factory somewhere that makes every Mexican you know, yeah. salsa for every Mexican? I don't know restaurant. how they do. It. I've tried to repeat it at home, and I can't. It's not. The but same. it's all the same, right? Like like El Campesino. You go to like uh, one of these yeah, places. Yeah, you go to if you go to any of those, it's all the same. You Somebody know, there's also. got the secret recipe. Yeah. There's some doing some, something. They're in Kansas making that salsa. I know it. Just shipping it out. There you go. I gotta try the Okay, veggie. well, good What's podcast. Yeah, thanks. That's our foodie podcast. What is it? What's what? Foodie. What's no, the veggie what'd you call it again? Veginase. Oh, veginase. Veginase. I gotta remember. Veginase. I totally thought you made that up. 
No, like, that's the brand. Look at him. He's like hoity toity. Well, and I, I'm gonna go buy some today because I. It's it, good. Yeah. Well, I if think, I know it's good for me, like I go, like I skip on. I do the you. olive oil one. That's like calories yeah. are way less. Yeah. But I don't know if like. Well, I'm pretty sure there's still like original. <laughs> there's probably still lots of calories in it. However, it's probably not as bad. It's not as bad for you. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. He spoke so authoritative, like uh, a few minutes. He starts strong, like, and then he's, he's like, like, "You start strong." Baby. I'm I pretty sure well, it's I engineered think it, in a lab. I don't know. It what's depends in it. on what you deem as good for I you. Got you. If you're counting calories, I wouldn't go eating it with a spoon. If you're if you're eating mayonnaise in any form. <laughs> in college, one time I. Uh, oh, I was boy. the broke kid in college that, yeah, I didn't buy groceries. But at one time I did, I had a spoonful of mayonnaise. Oh, my goodness. It sounded goodness. good. And I was like, oh. Listen, oh, yeah, lots of calories in there. Coming all the way full circle, I mean, like white bread, cheese, and mayo sandwiches mm. growing up. Oh, man. The thought of that now makes me sick. But growing up, I ate that all the time. We did the cheese, white bread, and bologna. Yeah, bologna. Well, yeah, fried bologna. Yeah. We used to eat fried bologna all the time. Listen, you got to kill what's in that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Heat kills everything. True. Good point. Oh, man. Anyways. Right. anyways. Well, welcome into... We're going to Chipotle yeah, yet? We're here. We're shifting from Pootie to a uh, to <laughs> different conversation. If you've made it this far, we're thankful for that. But today, we're going to begin what we think is a multi-part discussion, talking about uh, what's going on in our culture, what's going on in the church, Talking about uh, being hurt in church, talking about judgment, hypocrisy, gossip, cancel culture, Satan's shoes, and all the rest. <laughs> and feel like it's, it's worth having the conversation because uh, more and more, maybe because of social media especially, just the wave of disunity and divi- division is probably a similar word, is uh, pretty rampant. And then you've got people on social media that are speaking with very loud voices that or maybe not necessarily uh, speaking the truth of Scripture, but would say that they're speaking the truth of Scripture. And, of course, we're not going to agree. And <clears throat> we uh, we got some ground to cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, it seems like there's not... <clears throat> there's an ever-increasing chorus of voices. Yeah. and And social media has allowed everyone, I think we've touched on this in the past, that they've become um, an expert in their own right, you know, with really yeah. no basis and no background. And, and I think we it all it, fall victim to it. You know, like... It's I, taken I used, as truth, too. Yeah, and, and right, because if I say it, it's true. Right. Or if somebody else said it... Uh, I said this uh, probably in a separate conversation, but I'm like, if you think back to just even um, when we got in... This isn't our topic for today, but it's around it, which is the censoring of people on these platforms. And I said, you know, if you go back, not this far, you don't have to go this far, but just safely say 50 years ago, you were getting your, in America, your media outlets were few. They were centralized in, you know, cities or whatever. And they were a few reporters that were lifers that had been, you know, well, they had to start, but just assume they'd been there. They were there for years. They were connected. They had to physically go and have conversations with people, gather yeah. information, and then they would run a story with what they had. And even then, you know, you'd say, okay, well, here's what they're saying is going on. Now we're b- bombarded. Yeah. And those people had to also remember they had to go to school. Uh, they had to get educated and just yeah. not in how to write, but how to do the craft. It was a craft and they had to 
their only thing that they had to stand on was their word and their accuracy. If they were proven yeah. to write an article that was full of false information with false sources, they could they'd lose their job. Yeah. People would be like, they're worthless. Yeah. Now I could go on and talk about anything I want without talking to anybody and just say, I read this thing, here's my opinion on this, and but I, I've stated it now as this is the way it is. Yeah, and the more followers you have, the more right. popular you are, Clout. the more... Clout. Yeah, there we go, that word. Uh, the more what you say is taken as truth, even yeah. if it's not. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of undergirding all this is... People are more and more people are coming out on social media and different places, different venues, just talking about how they've been hurt by church and hurt by people in church, hurt by the church, hurt by pastors, hurt by other, like just, it's all over. It's somewhat rampant because I think it's, we've allowed there to be no accountability, ability. That's a nice word to say. Are you Southern all Southern yeah, Accountability, <laughs> nothing like that. Uh, and so we want to talk about that. And as pastors, you know, that it hurts to think that, because I know that what we've done in our churches, we've not done them perfectly. We were talking about that before we started recording, like our failures. I mean, we're, we have plenty of failure stories we can tell. But at the end of it all, I think for all three of us, I think sitting here would be, we really want people to know Jesus. We really want people to be healthy and whole. And we, it's not our intention to hurt people or to use people. Yeah. I do get concerned because I see like a lot of these things happen when churches get bigger and thinking like, maybe we never want to get big <laughs> yeah, know, because of various reasons. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I was like, go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't uh, really actually have anything quite preloaded. <laughs> okay. Yet. So I was, yeah, I was, I was waiting to see, um, yeah, I've got quite a few thoughts on yeah. some of this stuff, and I'm trying to distill them down and just say that there is in every one of us a desire to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And we even talked about the church being relevant recently, but there's a desire to have influence. And there's a so there's a desire which is much easier to be swayed into a fleshly. Um, sinful, self-gratifying thing partnered with the need mm. for the church to have a voice and to be relevant. And so a lot of times when I see something, for instance, like the Satan shoes thing, you know, I'm on, I was on vacation and, you know, just scrolling through and I'm like, oh, well, that's bizarre, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, not wanting to, but I click on the video because it's like, you need to see this video, you know, um, the resource that, or the outlet was a Christian outlet that I sure. saw it first posted on. And so I'm watching this video and I'm like, you know, having these kind of visceral responses to what I'm seeing um, and having thoughts of thinking right now, oh, I should say something about this. Sure. And then thinking, no, <laughs> I shouldn't say anything about this. Like, why do I want to talk about this? Because it's the hot issue right now. And I spent a little time, you know, I did talk to my wife about it. We're like, this is insane, right? That was our first response. Like, this is insane. Like, what kind of world are we living in where we're going to market something like this? Um, and then knowing a little bit about, the, you know, the person who recorded the song and made the shoes, um, I'm like... I, I know there's some background here. I know there's some hurt here. And so quickly we shifted into that conversation and said, let's not get sucked into this shoe. 
<laughs> which is yeah. what I was seeing. Was sure. People were like, oh, no. Just let's be real. Just like COVID. Just like the vaccine. Just like, you know, any number of things that have come before them or will come after them. People look to these things to say, yeah. this is it. This is the end. This is the worst. And I'm like, you would think yeah. <laughs> Satan's shoes <Yeah. laughs> would be the worst. That culturally it's acceptable. But quickly I shifted, shifted my mind and said, like, look, no... Of course, this is culturally uh, acceptable. People doing what's right in their own eyes. People who don't value religion or faith at all don't value Satan as anything. It's only our faith mm -hmm. in God that views Satan in the way we view him, right? Um, and immediately I thought, this is one of those things where it's huge today. Yeah, tomorrow yeah. it's, yeah. you know, soon it's gone. I can, maybe not tomorrow. And um, I left it there. And then shortly after that... I saw a response by um, a person, I shouldn't name them, but a person who's in our denomination is kind of a leader uh, you know, nationally. And the response was just so well balanced. And like, I thought like the point was right away was the, there's not even 700 of these. <laughs> They're going to disappear into oblivion. Yeah. They've, um, you know, how many things have come against the church, you know, from the beginning and will continue to come against the church until Christ returns and makes things right. And until that day, what's our job? Our job is to love and to win people to Christ. And if we get into this battle right now, we're going, he basically cautioning because he was seeing people just getting into war, no. going to war in the comment section. It's like, what are you doing? And that's the struggle. Yeah. That's what, for me, when I see stuff like this, my reaction personally is not to like fire back. My reaction personally is to really look at like why is this happening like why are they saying that where is this coming from and then you see other things that come out and again I, it's not perfect for me but that's kind of like my heart and my my mind goes there i'm not usually the guy that's like ready to fire back like let me get in an argument like that's not me but the things you see that he that he's saying like I spent my entire, this is a tweet, uh, and we'll say, I mean, it's a little Nas X. And yeah. We know what we're talking about. I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the S y'all preached what happened to me because I was gay. So I hope you are mad. Stay mad. I feel the same anger and feel the same anger that you teach us to have towards ourselves. And then later he said, this is not a direct quote, or it is a quote. It's a kind of a quote. Like somebody was re-saying it, and so I didn't quite get the real quote, but basically it's, <clears throat> him saying that you y'all love telling gay people that they're going to hell and then you get mad when we do. And yeah. so all of that, like, so the video and the, the shoes and all those things are like these high level symptoms for me of like, there's somebody that's hurting. There's somebody that's really in need of love, like real love, genuine love. And like we prove as the church, we prove to be who they say that people say that we are when we respond in ways that are not loving, that are not like Christ. When I preached about judgment a few weeks ago, it was an indictment on the church. Like we, yeah. we must do better. That there are things that we must stop doing and we must start doing. And this should hopefully wake us up a little bit. It's, it's always, there's always these, these things that come up that we have these conversations and we learn for a minute but we have been good at hurting people. And yeah. even like in the name of like Jesus and the Bible, we've hurt people. 
because we have come at it in a very self-righteous way. We've come at it in judgment. And I think we're going to be centered on judgment today. Maybe even yeah. we'll see where this conversation goes. But um, yeah, there's some there's some very good things that I think are worth saying. And we'll not say them all now. But <laughs> um, one of the things that it was impressed upon me years ago, and hopefully this will ring true to, to us and to those of you that are listening, is that we should stop expecting people who don't follow Jesus. Right to act like they follow Jesus before they follow Jesus. Yeah. We've yeah. got to stop and saying, here's scripture. Here is, <laughs> here's what God says. You don't buy into it, but I'm going to hold that standard up to you and say, you must live up to the standard. You say, I don't believe that. Right. And yeah. so we can't expect people to act like they, they, they believe it when, before they believe it. And so we, in a very real way, we are just coming off very self-righteous, very judgmental of like, yeah. no, no, but you don't line up. Yeah, you're right. Cause I'm spiritually dead. You want to say it that way. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about and I don't want anything to do with you because yeah. all you have is judgment. You don't have love at all for me. Right. Yeah. And I think we're seeing the results, the fruit of that kind of attitude. Yeah. I think we're seeing those results now after 10, 15, 20 years of that, then you get things like this and think, oh, that is because of, yeah. And I would behavior. say way more than 15, 20, like I would say yeah, all my growing can... up, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's the 19th century church or the 20th century church, 1900s. I don't, cause that's all I really know personally. I may have read stuff, but that's the culture that we've grown up in is not that everything that has been done has been bad, yeah. but there's a lot of how we have set the church up to the pastor is the king and he's Jesus to everybody and untouchable. Like that's all garbage. Yeah. Unhealthy. I think that, codependent. I think that leads people to walking away from church in general sure. and walking away from God in general too, is because you build, you do put the pastor up on this pedestal yeah. and your connection to, to God, to Jesus is right. made through this pastor. Yep. So then when this fallible human being uh, messes up, or whatever happens, abuse, whatever happens yeah. in that, uh, you walk away from all of it because your connection was made to a person yeah. and not to Jesus because we've been leading people, as you said at the beginning, we've been leading people not to Jesus, yes. but to this person, to this organization, to this group of leadership, whatever you want or to put to it to this place. church, yeah. this fallible group of people. And this is like the church, Northampton, and we say this, is not the answer in the sense no. of, we don't have, like, we in and of ourselves are not the answer. We, we come together to seek Christ. We come together to, uh, to, to worship and all these, to make disciples. Love God and love people, make disciples. Uh, but you're not going to find hope, say, in a relationship with me. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to point you to Jesus. One of the things I want to say that we've said a lot of times through this series that we did was don't give up on God because of how his children behave. Mm -hmm. And there's many times I would put quotation marks around children, his children, oh. Because there are people that are in positions that you would say, no, no, that's somebody that represents Christ. And like, mm, no, they don't. They may, you might think they do. They may put themselves in that position. Um, but just be careful because I think that's what people have done is I've been hurt. They say they represent Christ and they hurt me really bad. They abused me. I mean, there are people in churches that have been abused. Could you try again? <laughs> oh, uh, Siri wants to jump into this conversation. Or, I think it's your. No, it's it? mine right here. Yeah. No, my my Android phone didn't do that. 
<laughs> go away, Siri. My flip phone did not talk to me. Um, you know, going back to the the thing with uh, Lil Nas X and his experience and yeah. those those tweets that he sent out, it was those are stinging. You know, those yeah. those hurt. Uh, even being a follower of Christ and and a leader in the church, going, I've seen that. I've witnessed that sure. response. Um, and being fully transparent. Years ago, I would have had a similar. I don't think I would ever have been that mean, mm. but I would have held the viewpoint, the thought process to say, oh, man. And um, I was reading this. Sean McDowell wrote an article like five things. I think it's five things. Let me see. Um, five ways Five ways Christians should respond to the Satan shoe. It's a really good article. And, and, and his basic points are realize the strategy, pay attention to what this reveals, know the facts, Use this as a mirror to examine yourself yeah. and use this as an opportunity to teach your kids. So four and five, these the last yeah. two points are really good. What he says here, he actually quotes one of those uh, tweets you said earlier. I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the stuff you preached uh, would happen to me because I was gay. So I hope you stay mad. I hope you're mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have toward ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to say, Sean McDowell says, the problem is there's a Christian ethic that is taught in hate, not in love and grace. Mm. There's an ethic to be taught, but it needs to be done so in love and grace. And he says, I can't help but wonder if his story would be different had he experienced genuine Christian love. Maybe he did. Regardless, shouldn't we at least take a hard look at the inside of us as believers and ask if we are truly showing love, the love of Christ to the LGBTQ community Based on many of the responses I've seen from self-proclaimed Christians online, mm -hmm. we have a way to go. Yeah. I was like, to me, that's the heart of this issue is that it wasn't probably a well-meaning, loving person. And we don't know the details, yeah, right? But, but it probably, if we know the narrative and we've been around it, yeah. it was, you're going to hell. That's what, you know, not, let's even talk about it, but that's in, you're going to hell instead of a love and a gracious response and a welcoming and a, and a wanting, a desire to draw this person into relationship. Right. It's usually, it's an exclusion. It's a pushing out and yep. you don't have to forego the biblical standard, which is what I think we, we do. We get in these rough areas and it's just easier to go all of a sudden we're going to become authoritative Pharisees yeah. and just say that's wrong. And we're going to do that instead of doing the hard work of calling something wrong while loving somebody and walking through that. Yeah. It's a lot harder to do and takes a lot yeah. more effort, a lot more work on your part as somebody right. who follows Jesus. And yeah, you're right. A lot of times we want to forego that in that situation. And it's about relationships. Yeah. yeah. If we really care about people, we see Christ in relationship with people. We see Christ desiring the outcasts and, and people that are hungry. Uh, I was going to say Nicodemus, but he was hungry. <laughs> Zacchaeus, yeah. those that were that were outcasts in society, yeah. Jesus didn't say, "Hey, get your get your stuff together and then come to me." He's like, yeah. "I'm coming to your house. We're having dinner." Yeah. And the fact that he invested in that relationship was a turning point for Zacchaeus. Like, I'll pay yeah. it all back and I'll I'll like pay right. even more. Like, it's like my heart has been changed. Yeah. And you look at even like the woman at the well. Like yeah. he tells her about the gospel in that conversation, right. and really in all of it, she knew. She knew in and of herself the different things in her life that probably weren't right. And you can almost see he doesn't condemn her right there and then. Like, in, yeah. like it, 
Just look at the way he approaches that situation versus the way that oftentimes Christians approach. Yeah, well, I think about that. Like, Jesus knew all that before he asked for the drink of water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? That's so... But we you, should know that, you, too. That's like, what I'm saying. So yeah. if you if you look at your own life, taking an exam, if you knew these things, would you avoid that relationship? And that's that's what you need. You need to look at the fact that Christ, knowing those things, willingly engaged in the relationship. Whereas I feel in the church, there's a fear response to any sin. So you, you do student, we, you know, all of us, ex-student ministry over here, current there. How many times have you dealt with that? Where there's, I mean, I had a Bible study going at my house. This is years back. And we finally started to see some engagement through some school ministry we were doing and we were reaching kids that didn't go to church and they were showing up at our, our home for Wednesday night Bible study. And I'll never forget, there was a kid in the, in the, we were outside in different small groups, uh, broken up and we're talking and this kid, you know, he's just had a foul mouth, but you know, just in innocence, like not knowing any different. He didn't know how to behave. He was just there and he was engaged in the conversation, but he's dropping, mm. you know, words left and right. And I'm kind of like, I'm not going to, in my mind, I thought, I'm not going to kill this. He's engaged. I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to make that the thing. Sure enough, what I get, I get, you know, reached out to by church, family, parents that their kid is hearing bad language and (laughs) blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying, but this kid doesn't know Jesus and he's willing to come to Bible study. Like, when are we going to, when are we going to look at things with what's really on the line here? Like your kid, go, this person, the, the kid went to school, they went to public school. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. You're going to, even get- by the way, if you go to private school, when the kids are alone, they're probably throwing right. words around because it feels like they're getting away with something. That's not what matters. Salvation mattered. Right. And so if you use that as like, as this very low, like look at how easily we want to offend and separate. Yeah. You know, this is almost like so in your face, the same shoe thing. Yeah. And that was the final point. I'm just going to say before we move through into like general hurt. He also, the final point, the opportunity to teach your kids, he makes some amazing, simple points. Like he says, unlike the approach of this song, he's like, the devil is crafty and subtle. He doesn't have horns. He doesn't dress in red. He says, in fact, the apostle Paul in second Corinthians says he disguises himself as an angel of light. He pretends that he stands for good. He's subtle, crafty. Even when tempting Eve, he twisted God's word. Like when we see these things, it's like, it's so in your face that you're like, this is just a person being out. They're acting out. He's acting out and even hurt. Right. Hurt. Right. Right. See how I brought it back to her? Look at you. Look at that. (laughs) Uh, I would say that I don't know. Maybe you have examples of this. I don't know. Talking about like judgment, I don't know of one person in my life that came to Jesus because I judged them. Like you're I saw that on TikTok. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That one guy. Uh, And what I hear you were talking about, the difference between behavior modification and heart transformation, I think for we've grown up in that culture of behavior modification. Don't swear. Like swearing's bad, and and I'm not right. Right, we're not endorsing these other things. That's what. It, <laughs> what I was gonna walk out of here. My whole life is gonna change. Yeah. here. that we're Listen gonna here, have honey. to get a pause. We're gonna have to get a delay on the <laughs> podcast because Nate's wait. Yeah. Wait, I can what? Oh, okay. I think I think your language, what you say, reveals your heart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we have, and I'm, like, even in our circles, we have made uh, 
things like swearing, things like having sex outside of marriage as right. being the something that you can't recover from mm-hmm. this unforgivable sin. And, you know, I, I've had a conversation with a parent not too long ago and I said, really, I said, what's the worst thing that could happen to your kid? Mm-hmm. Worst thing that could happen to your kid is that he dies and enters eternity without Christ. So let's make that the right. big deal. Let's, yeah. let's make that the point that we focus on and not, Hey, st- you stop. Like I'm playing basketball at a local church. And so I, like, I bring some friends and they don't know Jesus. And one of them's like dropping some bombs. Yeah. And the guy's like, Oh, we don't talk like that here. And I'm like, mm, stop. <laughs> Just stop. I mean, I get what you're trying to like, but stop. <laughs> I, so I remember like I grew up in the, you know, legalistic culture. And I remember being like 12, 13 years old and going up to other kids that were in, let's say a sports team or whatever, and telling them, Hey, don't talk like that around (laughs) me. I remember doing stuff like that. And you were that guy. But but I'm also like, I'm okay with if, if we're amongst believers, I can have this conversation. Like Paul talks about in first Corinthians that if we're going to judge anybody, number one, let's go back to Jesus. And Jesus says, if you're going to judge, don't judge hypocritically, judge yourself first. And then get your heart right so that you can have a conversation in love. But if judgment's going to happen, may it happen among the church, period. Like, let's yeah. look at ourselves. And I see that very clearly. And what we have done is we've taken this self-righteous point of view where we say we are so much better than anyone else. And let's start pointing out the sins of other people. And we are just like the Pharisees at times. The yeah. church has become that way. I definitely wasn't talking to Christian kids, though. But <laughs> you make that clear. No, I was talking to, like, these random... Yeah. Public school kids, in my mind, the <laughs> the lesser right. So we're trying to the get them. Less, yes, we were yeah. we were on a mission trip one time, uh, Joe and I, and this kid almost got. I don't, you weren't out there at the moment, but I know you know this. Oh, I don't know. This we were playing basketball right beside the I think place I we were staying, there. and uh-huh. this kid the, we were playing with kids from the community that didn't go to the church, and we were having like a spaghetti dinner that night, and they it was a great night. We had brought these kids in, we fed them. And we're playing basketball, and this kid is swearing or whatever. And one of the kids from the church group, who himself yes. probably had yes. his own <laughs> issues with this, says says something like, you can't say that or whatever. And this kid, no lie, pulls a knife out. Yep. <laughs> pulls a knife out. And he says, like, what? You don't disrespect me like that. Tell me what to do. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's calm I, down. I think I might have been out there. I think, and I, I think that probably solved this the legalism in that area of that kid's life. So maybe we just Kid never to, again said a word. So as pastors, we need to carry some kind of like a stick and be like, do not judge or we will uh, bring the law down on you. But it, it is bizarre to me. And again, we don't want, I'm not trying to give license to anything, but, uh, you know, to sin. And, and we do, especially, um, we have to watch ourselves. And, and But I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, we have the seven words you can't say on TV. And then we have all this other garbage that comes out of our mouth. And we focus on, well, I can say whatever I want as long as I smile and say, you know, in the South, bless your heart when I'm done. <laughs> um, but we, you know, the passages about your mouth. Yeah. Um, speak far more to the content and to the the intent of what you're saying and is it building up or is it tearing yeah. down and dividing and so you can never say a swear word and have the filthiest mouth right or ever. the darkest heart yeah right and so that to me has been like even with I'll be let's okay trying to be real transparent even with my children mm-hmm. Like it's happened. Believe I'm a pastor and my kids, I've heard them say, and I've seen them in a text message. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I go, you know, but I didn't react 
the way I thought I would have yeah. if you asked me before. I came, like, I didn't pan. It didn't bother me in the way that it bothered me more that I knew like more that was going on. Like you're being, you're being this external pressure to feel a certain way and be a person. It wasn't the word that mattered so much. It was the desire in them Mm -hmm. to belong to that versus the way we're raising them. And so that take, you know, if the church would stop being so reactionary to people who don't know the Lord sinning, living that are living apart from Christ, acting the way they ought to act until they're redeemed then that would be the first hurdle. I think the main yes. hurdle get over to avoid the hurt that we throw out there. Yeah. It's because we're like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, like you see an animal do something primal and you're like, of course, Yeah. if I go do that, I mean, this is gross, but it's like the whole, you know, if the dog goes to the bathroom in the lawn, nobody thinks right. like, they're like, I hope they pick it up. But the, the you know, they see, yeah. they see Nate, not me, of course, but if they see Nate in the front lawn, they're like, what in the world? I well, hope, I hope if somebody sees me <laughs> go to the bathroom in their front lawn, they check me in somewhere. Is your lawn allowed? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like we, we get so worked up and we hold people to the standard. Yeah. And then that also just breeds the openness for hypocrisy Absolutely. because they go, Look at you. Right. So I don't see Jesus holding people to a standard that they didn't claim to be. Like, in other words, we right. <laughs> we kind of look at people and, well, because you're in America, that you should live like this, and you don't. And we, we need to stop doing that. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, he said, I wrote to you a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, uh, not meaning sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy or the swindlers or the idolaters, since you would need to get out of this. You have to go out of this world. So in other words, he's like saying... I told you not to hang out with right. these kind of people, but I wasn't talking about the people in the world because if you did that, then you would not, like, good luck. You'd have to get yeah. on a spaceship, I think is what he wrote in the message. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm writing to you, not associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or idolatry or reviler, drunker or swindler, not to even eat with such a one. For what, I, what, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. And this is a great, this is one passage, but this is a great passage when it comes to getting our, our, our priorities straight and our understanding of, it's not my job to go around and point out the sin in other people that don't follow Christ. Yeah. I think it's incumbent upon me in the local body, let's say in my church, that I should care enough about those people specifically, but even others that, I mean, I should care about you, Mike, even though you're not in my church, to humbly respectfully, lovingly, if I see something going on and say, Hey, what's, what's happening? Because we would both say that we, uh, follow Christ and we're called, it's a different calling than just, I'm, I'm spiritually, I'm not spiritually dead. I'm spiritually alive in Christ. I've been born again. And Jesus tells us, you know, if you look at Matthew chapter seven about judging others, he doesn't say, cause this is what people say. Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged. And like close the Bible, like leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, don't judge people hypocritically. Yeah. Take the plank out of your eye. Get yourself right. Look in the mirror. Listen to the Holy Spirit working in you. Get right so that you can have that conversation with a brother or sister that you need to have. Because you're coming at it like, I care about you. I want to invest in yeah. you. I want you to, to look more like Christ. And I'm checking myself before I have that conversation. And what might happen is you check yourself and it's all been all about you anyway. And you, start, <laughs> you don't even have the conversation. Yeah. I will say it's a side note. It's a beautiful thing when things are read in context 
It's almost like, <laughs> what? It's almost like Paul knew what he's talking about. Jesus knew <laughs> right. what he's talking about. Well, can I read one more uh, thing? Because yeah. this, is, this is another thing that gets me. Uh, later in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters. So think about these things he's saying. People that practice these things, like this is who they are, mm-hmm. is revealing the kingdom that they belong to. Not when they mess up, not when they sin, not when they struggle, but people who are sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality. And we, we take that and we bold the font, we up it up a couple like sizes. It's no longer 12 or 10. It's now like 15 or 20 for that one. Impact font. Right. And we ignore sexually immoral. We ignore idolaters. We adore, we ignore adulterers. We ignore thieves and greedy drunkards, revilers, swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. And what we've done is we've raised that one up and said, you're going to hell. And what Paul is saying is if you're not born again, if this is who you are, you're a sinner separated from God. If that's who you are, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, obviously. Yeah. And we have made it about that one thing. Yeah. At the same time, your greedy friend, your acceptable sins that you see in other people that are still uh, not born again. And we say that's okay because that's just who they are. That's just their struggle. And like, well, no, no, no. They need to be born again. And we, uh, we have elevated certain things to a place that's unhealthy. Yeah. I agree. And everything they say about us is true then. You're a bunch of hypocrites. Right. You're two-faced. Uh, you're telling me I'm going to hell, but then this person that's obviously cheating on his wife or whatever, they just need to, you know, they, it's not like that sin is okay and or forgivable, but my sin, who I am is not. Yeah. Well, we, and we also treat sin differently based on what offends us personally. (laughs) Sure. That's the thing, you know, we very biased, very much. And so, um, and it's again, the evil that's inside of us, it feels very satisfying to the flesh to point somebody else out for what's wrong in them. And if I can make that a really bad thing, then it becomes, it becomes the standard instead of the standard, which is (laughs) far, far more uh, damning, you know, like that it's, it's sin. Sin is pervasive. It's your nature. It's, you cannot avoid it. Yeah. And I've talked to people even in the, like counseling people, even in the area, they're new believers and they find themselves in relationships that existed before their salvation. Mm. And now they're in this thing where they're looking at the word of God and they're going like, I, Ooh, this is, this is sin. This is a problem. And now the per they're the, the other half of the relationship is like, well, I'm not there, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so they find themselves falling into that sin, sure. you know, and because it's not like a bandaid sometimes, I mean, you could have years of a relationship and this is real life. Okay. Yeah. Now we're, now we're not just talking. This is like, Oh no, I love this person. I'm with them, but now I've come to know Christ. And now I see this conflict. It's sin. I never saw it as sin, but now I see it and they can get defeated immediately. Yeah. And sure. to the point where they're like, I don't even know if I could be a, you know, yeah. a Christian. And I'm, you know, we have to go back to the basics with those people and say, Sin is pervasive. Sin is the reason Christ went to the cross. The yeah. sin is the, it's the problem that you had and then you inherited. You should rejoice that in your faith, Christ, you know, finds that satisfactory. The payment of Christ is satisfactory mm-hmm. for your sin. Now you're seeing it. <laughs> That's evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Right. Now let's figure out a plan because guess what? When it's not this one, because you could break up, that's easy. 
it's going to be the lust that's right. in your heart. It's going to be the anger. It's going to be the judgment. It's going to, that sin is not taken away from you. Yeah. The struggle of sin is not taken away from you. Yeah. The payment has been paid and you are saved by grace. But your battle, that, that friction of sin in your life will be there again. I always say that the Lord comes back yeah. or takes you home. And so when we start from there, again, I, I look at it in my own life. I want to take away any arrogance that's in me yes. to think that this person, oh, my goodness, I'm counseling this person and they're really going through it. Guess what? I'm really going through a struggle with sin right now, guys, because mm -hmm. I'm alive. Yeah. And yep. if I don't guard my heart, which is a Christian thing to say, if I don't <laughs> stay in the word, if I don't stay accountable to people sure. in my life, I'm just, I'm right there. Yeah. I'm right there. And not in a fearful way, because we start with, thank God, yeah. who will save me from this Romans seven? Yep. Praise be to God. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm saved today. I'm kept in Christ but I'm not apart from sin yep. and I'm not above it because I'm a pastor and I'm not above my sin is equally um, severe enough apart from my faith in Christ to keep me from God as any sin this person's struggling through. If we as a church viewed sin, I think in that framework, not just saying, well, I know sin is sin, but really look at yourself and acknowledge your complete and utter dependence upon the Lord every day. We would not look at people, especially those that don't know Christ yet, we would only be able to look at them with compassion. This is the essence, I think, of looking at people. When we say, God, give me your eyes. Yeah. Your God's eyes would say, that person needs salvation. Yeah. They need love. They're looking for something. The world and the devil and the enemy is giving them all these options on the table and they're trying. They're walking down every road. I am the way, the truth, and life. Jesus. Yeah. Not Mike. Not Mike. <laughs> Please don't let me Mike. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I mean, one of the things you said were kind of goes along these lines, but maybe says it in a different way that if the sin of others doesn't break your heart, maybe your heart hasn't been broken for your own sin. If we're coming yeah. at it from a self righteous you know, the whole, like I've said it too many times, but the beggar thing that really who we are is one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. That We have no ground to stand on and say, I'm such a good person. And let me tell you about Jesus. It's, I am corrupt. I am, uh, whatever other words are really good to fit in there. Yeah. Uh, and it's only because of Christ. Bankrupt is another word. Yeah. Just like <laughs> corrupt. And, and we as pastors, as elders, need to guard our hearts to live above reproach, that our ministry flows out of, of our relationship with Christ, uh, as well as the people that are part of our churches. Like We are influencing and modeling, and they're looking at us, whether we like it or not. They're looking at our lives and the things that we say, but also the things that we do. And as we've said before, like shepherd, like sheep, like priest, like people. Uh, eventually, people in your church and your student ministry and all around are going to like they're going to take on who you are in some ways, which is good and bad at all the same time. <laughs> and we have to we have to be committed to to live above reproach and actually walk this out and not. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's um. Uh, back, I'm just looking this up on those shoes that we started yeah. with, which 
probably we need to eventually land the plane. Yeah, we, we, we're at 55. So. Oh, yeah. Look at us. We're going to be. At us. Look at us. I'm no, because we say that. No, we. Then we go another 20 minutes. So. But I actually have something I have to go do. So maybe we'll land. Maybe I'll land today. You You'll just notice that I disappear for the last 40 minutes. It'll be these two. But on those, back to those shoes, because I found this very um, ironic yeah. um, that they also have a Bible verse on them. Did you know that? Yeah. And so we looked it up. My young adult group, we were talking about this and. It's a uh, Luke ten eighteen, which is I saw Satan fall from lightning, um, fall like lightning from heaven. But it's in response to the people coming back, the seventy two coming back as Jesus had sent them out, yeah. and they're rejoicing that like these things happen, that the demons are subject to them and all that. And his response is, I you know, yeah. it's kind of like a one of those boss moments. Yeah. He's like, so I'm pre-existent, the <laughs> yeah. Lord. Like I saw Satan fall. Like you, the demons are bound to you. I saw him fall like heaven. Like I'm, I'm Christ. And he yeah. takes it up a level. But then, verse twenty says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written yeah. in heaven. Yeah. And I, I. I got to be the optimist for a moment and go in all this nonsense that went on. How many people looked at that little portion of scripture? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. How many people just said, what does that, what's that mean on the shoe yeah. or for time to come? Cause it'll die away again. Like I said, and then somebody, those shoes will get resold. They'll be in shoe, you know, for like the people that are into that, it'll be in that folklore for a while. But like even the littlest bit of curiosity has to be like, what does that part mean? And if they look it up and they just see two verses below it, yeah. what does it mean? I mean, maybe, right? Yeah. What could the Lord do with yeah. something like Agreed. that? Yeah. Right? What you intended for evil, God <laughs> intended for good. That's right. Going yeah. back to Genesis. Yeah. I mean, like... Thanks, Joseph. Yeah. So what do we do? Or is this like um, Bible quizzing? You're like, yeah. <laughs> Joseph, Genesis 50. <laughs> yeah, I have a quote that I actually came across uh, right before we started this. And I didn't know how it was going to relate, but it turns out it kind of relates. Uh <laughs> Speaking from like my own personal experience, I feel like this quote kind of resonates, but somebody said, uh, it takes courage and intelligence to unlearn the wrong beliefs you held onto for decades. And I think for a lot of people, <laughs> us yeah, included, sure. uh, even the way that you have viewed people, the way that you have yeah. viewed yourself, sin, the Bible, uh, and all of these other cultural issues, the way that you've viewed those and the way that you've viewed other people because of that, uh, that takes work, courage, and intelligence mm -hmm. uh, for you to change those views and to change those beliefs. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of work in some yeah. cases. And uh, Can you say that again, the quote? Yeah, it says, it takes courage and intelligence to unlearn the wrong beliefs you held on to for decades. I think if you look at the church, there's some wrong beliefs that yeah. the church has held on to for decades that has affected oh. the way that... We treat people, and now, like back to the beginning, yeah, reaping the the fruit yes. of yeah. those wrong beliefs. Absolutely. The I began Palm Sunday with the phrase "I've been wrong about Jesus," and I just let it sit there for a minute. And they're like, "Don't freak out!" And they're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh ha, 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 ha. like, but it's true. Like we've been just yeah. like the people that were welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. They were wrong about who he was." And we've been wrong about, and so we need, there are things that we have to unlearn. There's things that we have to like, you know what? I hope that we never come in scripture like, we've got it all figured out. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that's the place where you find out how wrong you were. 
yeah. study scripture, yeah. like yeah. study it really. I mean, we, for another day, like when you start to get it, the first time I read a commentary that was, I guess the word I would use would be scholarly commentary yeah. where it gives you argumentative viewpoints and conflicting views. And here's three or four. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Why are there more? I'm coming to you for answers. Don't <laughs> right, give me questions. Right. You know, and you get to a place like even in Palm Sunday where we read that and we sing the song and we wave the branches. But those people, when you read anything about that, they were crying out. It was mm -hmm. a desperation. It was a like, save us, yeah. you know, but I didn't know that culturally. I grew up going, we sing, I'm not going to even sing one no, word here, that, yeah. but we're waving branches and we sing it. And in my mind reading that, I've got this thing like where everyone's just like, yeah, yeah. but there, it was that, but yeah. it was also a desperation. It was like, oh, yeah. the longing, the waiting, like, please save us. So when I have even that little thing where I go, oh, I viewed it this way, like yeah. that just brings humility. It should. We should yeah. approach the word of God with I would put that in there. It takes intelligence, courage, and humility. Yeah. You yeah. know, not to, not to change the political no, quote, no, but you know, I, like, I completely agree because <laughs> it takes a lot of humility yeah. to admit that maybe you were wrong yeah, for a right. long time. Maybe, just maybe. maybe. <laughs> and I've even talked with, with different people going back to what we talked about. I think that was last week, the King James only stuff. Like I've had yeah. deep, hard to hard talks with people that I have good relationships with that I love and care about. And there's a lot of people that don't have the humility to admit that they may have been wrong right. for a large portion of their life about something like this. And because of that, they don't want to do the work. They don't want to see truth in it, but they'd rather continue on with where they are out of pride. Right. And I think that in a lot of cases, that's a lot of people within the church. And yeah. yeah. And pride is always knocking at the door. Yeah. I mean, and so humility, we... Um, I'll close my time with this, my portion <laughs> with this. Uh, this morning in our in a Bible study, we were uh, talking about um, how God doesn't do um, always like I'll call us to do something in the same sure. equation, same formula, um, and how He's just so different. And He and I was sharing with him that I'd heard at a conference this person um, share and say, you know, God created. Think about it. He created everything and everybody. And every, every person you know, every, even the ones that never bow their knee to Jesus, mm. every artist, every musician, every composer, everything that's ever been created that you marvel at originates, finds itself in God, the mm. creator. And so he's calling us all <laughs> to walk every day in our own uniqueness with the same message, common message, infinite application, infinite um, presentation mm -hmm. of the gospel and in, in a way to live out our faith. Okay. So when you get, when you find yourself in a category of people that say, this is how we have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you go, mm, if, we're, if we're talking about in practice versus doctrine, be clear. The word of God says this, we hold to this truth, but how we live that out, it's going to vary. And if you find yourself going, no, it's got to be this way. And Lil Nas X, when you say you identify as this, this is how we're going to treat you. Mm -hmm. Then you're in a prideful position. And I don't see that in Christ when he engages the lost, the broken, right. the hurting. Right. I see humility of the God of the universe yeah. <laughs> on earth speaking to somebody who could just, like he does here with the believers, I saw Satan fall. <laughs> right. And he's looking at this person who's struggling with 
the world, you know, the pulls of the world. And he just has humility yeah. and he loves them. And guess what? We'll do that for people. And some will come to know Christ and some will walk away. And at the end of the day, my conduct, what I can control, how I live and how I represent Christ, that matters. Yeah. And I have to do it as Christ-like as I can. And that I see um, governed greatly at this point in my life by humility. Yeah. And there were areas where I had great pride and there's still areas where I, had, you know what I mean? But there were areas where I was just so sure this is what we're, this is right. And this yeah. is what, and now I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm asking God every day. What do you, what are you asking of me today? And how do you want me to live that out? And I found it to be much different than just going, nope, I figured that out <laughs> 10 years ago and right. I'm going to do it that way, yeah. you know? So you might ask, you know, what do you, what do I say to my friend who is gay? And I would mm -hmm. say that you love them and you lead them to Jesus. You yeah. know, what do I say to my trans friend? You love yeah. them and you lead them to Jesus. What do I say to little Nas X? You love him and you lead right. him to Jesus. We loving people doesn't mean that you're saying, oh, what you're doing is, is great. Right. It's not about us to, to do that. Now, if they say, hey, what do you think? Like, let's have a conversation. But I still want yes. to love you in that. Yes. But I'm not coming at you to judge you and to tell you that you're spiritually dead. <laughs> like, you kind of already know that on some level. Like, you may not agree with it in that Absolutely. moment. But, but you know. And I think that we, the same is true even with my greedy friends or my <laughs> friends that are uh, sexually immoral who are right. doing things that are, that are outside of what God's bounds are for things I love them and I lead them to Jesus. Even my friends that curse on the basketball no. court. <laughs> what? I love Too them. Too far. <laughs> I separate with them and I, I don't eat with them. Yeah, yeah I agree. I well, only when we come around. Like yes. you're with them and then when we show up. Yeah, like what are you Paul talking about? I'm Peter. saying the same things they are until you guys show <laughs> right, up. <yeah. laughs> Makes sense. Don't uh, along you those lines. You said you're no. You said you no, but you brought one. that up. I I was done talking about what I was going to talk about. Oh man, this is important. I would say, do not believe if you're a Christian listening to this, do not believe the lie of the the false dichotomy that's in this argument, which is you cannot love someone unless you accept right completely what they're Correct. doing, because so. you absolutely can love them while hold to a Christian standard. And if the person you're speaking to, there's no other way for me to explain this. So <laughs> if the person speaking to you says, you can't love me and then say that, it's like a, a teenage boy telling a girl, you don't love me unless you have sex yeah, with me. Sure, It's not true. Yep. The motivation on that side of the conversation, it, they're responsible for that. You're responsible for your side. Yeah. I'm speaking from a position of knowledge, of experience, <laughs> where I've had people that I care deeply about and I love and um, have good relationships with, and they they are identify as LGBTQ, and I love them, mm -hmm. and we have a good relationship, and we've had those conversations, sure. and I cannot change what the Word of God says. Right. Which is good. You know why? Because it tells me to love you. <laughs> Seriously. I get it. I it get tells it. me to treat you the way, I'm the way I've always yeah. treated you, the way I'm treating you now, and the way I'll continue to treat you as long as we have this opportunity. Yeah. And that's that. So there's a false dichotomy out there that acceptance and um, affirmation is the only true position that we, you know, like a, that people have to take this where we affirm and accept Instead of saying the, the biblical position is God has set this as a standard along with many other things. 
but he's also set my, my behavior and my conduct as a standard. And therefore I'm free from the burden yeah. of being the judge. I'm not, I'm yeah. a beggar yeah. <laughs> Tell me right. and I love you. Yeah. And, and you know what? And if you don't want to talk about it, we don't, have, that's not going to become the central issue yeah. of my relationship with you because I wouldn't make anybody else's sin <laughs> the central issue of my relationship. Right. Seriously. Amen. Right. Yeah. So, so don't believe the hype, as they say. You can love somebody and disagree with them. If we want to make it easy on the way out, you can love somebody who's of a different political affiliation yeah. than you or of a different denomination than you. Or, you know, you can love them and have disagreements theologically yeah. with them. Um, you can still have that relationship because you're not God. <laughs> like, you know, right. I'm serious. I think we take the position where we go. Well, I can't go to this or support this or have a friend because I'd be condoning it. I'm like, uh, only God. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, I get, get right? Like, yeah. you have breath right now. The one that I'm using to continue this podcast beyond this end <laughs> is only because God sustain is sustaining your sure. life. Right. So you don't get to be that. <laughs> no matter how, like, now we're talking about pride again. Yeah, You're, you are not God. You are a follower of Christ, and you are to conduct yourself in this way. I think that's very liberating. Yeah. yeah. So just to confirm, I'm not God. You're not. That, oh, okay. Okay. You I just, just want to make sure Joe might be <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> to sum all that up to say, yeah. choose love over judgment, especially yes. when it comes to those outside of, of the faith outside of Christ. Yeah. We choose love over judgment. Mm -hmm. They look different. They talk different. They think different. They speak whatever, you know, we choose love over judgment. And on that note, Mike is pushed away from the table. He is full. He has so many things to say, which is why we're going to continue the conversation next time. We'll probably talk about uh, judgment a little bit, but probably talk about hypocrisy, probably talk about gossip, those kinds of things, because uh, we have to deal with these things in the church. I think we need to do better in this, not today, but the next time of like the so what, like we've talked about all these things and we kind of talk about it and we, we kind of interwoven. It would be nice to, to bottom line people and say, all right, so yeah, so what? So sounds good. <laughs> I'm not saying another word. <laughs> I it was uh, I think it was 50 or 55, and so it is about 20 minutes later. Just just making that clear. Uh, but until next time, keep the conversation going. We're thankful for you out there listening and interacting. A new feature. It's not new, but it's new. I'm mentioning to you. If you go to Anchor.fm forward slash MB Church. No, that's our church one. Go to Desperate Pastor. <laughs> Go to church one, I guess, apparently. Uh, if you find us on Anchor, you can actually leave us a voice mail, voice message that we can use in upcoming episodes if, uh, if we judge it to be appropriate. Uh, we'd love to hear you that way. So anchor.fm forward slash Desperate Pastor. You should be able to find us that way. The other way we'll find our church. So, yeah. Give a shout out to Friendship Alliance as well, since we're giving shout outs to our churches. <laughs> So until next time, uh, keep the conversation going, keep, uh, keep abiding in Christ, and we will see you soon.